If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. I am here with the incredible human being and dating expert and life guru, Damona Hoffman. How's it going? It's so good. Thank you for having me. Man, I am so thrilled to have you on because we were talking just very briefly before we started. You hit the, the tough questions with dating. Like you just go right into it and you have great advice. Where did this come from? When did you realize that you were a love expert? Well, it's been a really gradual transition. And I, I don't pretend no answers, but I have been doing this now for over 15 years and helping people navigate everything from, like when I started doing this, texting wasn't even really very mode of communication. And there was no such thing as a dating app. We didn't even have iPhones, Caroline. We didn't even have iPhones. Like when you think about that's how long I've been doing this and watching the process of finding love evolve over time and helping hundreds of people go through this, I've started to realize and there are certain societal systems that we have all bought into that are really at a time of flux that are changing. And so I think we have a choice. We can either take it all in and adapt, or we can get stuck in the old-fashioned way of dating and be single. Amen to that. I love that. So you've been doing this for over 15 years. When you, how did you first get going? Well, I did not set out to be a dating expert. I initially was working as a casting director in television, and I was teaching classes at nighters in how to have headshots that really stood out and told their story and got noticed by someone like me. And then at the same time was online dating. And I was going through, you know, dating the same old, dating the bad ways, like guys that wanted to date me or they wanted to date my job. 
And I started to realize there was a correlation between what I was telling actors about getting noticed by the right kind of people and what I needed to be doing to get noticed by the right kind of guys. So once I applied those techniques to my dating experience, I ended up meeting the man who's my husband. We've been married 13 years. We have two beautiful kids. And I started to realize that this was, this was a process. This was a system that I could teach other people. So it just, the high. I was like, oh, you don't like online dating. Let me see your profile. And inevitably there was a mismatch between what people thought they were putting out in the world and how they really presented. And I wrote profile after profile. And then I was like, wait a minute, people are going on these dates and doing the same thing that's keeping them single. I became certified specifically as a life coach. And then as a dating coach, to be able to walk them through this whole process. So what translates from a great headshot to a great dating profile? You have to tell your story, as I was saying earlier, like we are in the swipe swipe world. And funny thing is I've always said this, like my system hasn't changed all that much, even though the apps and the modalities have changed a lot. It's always been about, and what are you looking for? What are you trying to attract? And then how do you tell that story visually? Of course, I help people with writing their, their, the written is important too, but the stories that you tell in your photos, that's, that's what everybody is making their initial impression off of. And it's just, it's just a process. It's like you get someone curious and then they go into your profile and look deeper and then they make contact and you begin the dating dating experience. But I think a lot of times people put the car before the horse and they're trying to get to the happy ending, but putting pressure on the app, but it's just, it's just a tool. It's just the tool to be able to connect. So did you meet your husband on, well, I guess this started before dating apps and all that. Did you, did you meet him in the flesh and the blood out in the wild or did you meet him on some sort of internet app or how did you apply your own theories to yourself to find true love? I love how you said that out in the wild. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I met him online on a dating, on a dating site. So, you know, back then, and you know, I was in my early twenties really. um, And I thought that online dating for nerds, for people that couldn't meet somebody and a lot of people, right. You know, a lot of people who've come to me or who've listened to, to my podcast have said at the beginning, like, oh, I would never do online dating. But then as dating apps, like I'm forever grateful to Tinder. <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, oh, Tinder. <laughs> but I'm forever grateful to Tinder because it really made it accessible. It was free. It was easy to use. And it made online, da- it destigmatized online dating. Is it, again, as I said, it's a tool. It's just the way that you connect. When you move offline, if you can ever move offline in today's world, but move offline, it's just online dating. It's just a new way to connect. It's not like when we started using email, people were like, well, how are people going to be able to read it if it's not or if it's not handwritten or something, you know? So that's what I mean by just accepting the changes that are happening in the technology. And it's, the stigma essentially is gone. There's been a lot of studies on this and it's been decreasing rapidly. And when you look at the life, the, the along 
the amount of time that we've been using dating sites and dating apps, it hasn't been that long. And there have been so many changes even in that short period of time. Well, I am all about why not use what we have to our advantage? If there is this whole worldwide web out there that can help connect you to someone who is on, who is wanting to live, wanting to have a partner, wanting to live a life similar to yours, wanting to settle down, like why not take advantage of the opportunity to expand your dating pool? Like, yes, it sounds like there's a, in the beginning, like I remember when I was single and like, like uh, Match.com and all that came out. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not getting on Match.com. Like, no way. Like, I'm not desperate. But it's like, really, when you think about it, it's so much smarter to use everything available to expand your dating pool. And I love, okay, so here's some questions, some tough questions that you talk about, which, well, I don't know if it's tough questions, but you talk about this, and I think it's great. You talk about, uh, dating preference or racial bias, which I think is amazing. You have a big, you had a big article in Washington Post talking about do people date within their race? Um, how do they, how do we expand that way of thinking? And kind of talk to me about that. Oh, you went right in there, didn't you? <laughs> yes, we did go talk, to the honest question. women. I like to talk about the real stuff. Yeah, I know. It's real talk. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. It's all about knowing who you are, right? And knowing what you're looking for. So the funny thing, the Washington Post article came about because I was in uh, a group with other dating experts and someone raised the question, if someone won't date outside their race, is that, is that racist? And I, I'm a, I'm, I come from a multicultural background and I have always say I date the rainbow, right? Not, you know, when I was single, I dated the rainbow and it's not that I didn't see race. It's just that I didn't see race as a primary filter. Right. And everyone has a type. I think all who've read my article are like, Oh, but I just have, have a type and this, this, I always tend to date, you know, white guys with dark hair or whatever it is, um, which was my type, but I didn't necessarily make a distinction of, I will not date someone who is X, Y, or Z. So to me, there was always a answer to that question. And I was shocked by the number of dating experts in my community who were like, no, it's fine. It's just dating preference. And this is the reason why I'm a dating coach and not a matchmaker because the matchmaker's job, people pay them thousands of dollars to just, just deliver me what I asked for. It's like Postmates, right? It's like, I just want, <laughs> I just want a burger. Just bring me a burger with lettuce, tomato, and onion on it. And that's just what I want. And for me, I'm more interested. I'm curious about, well, why do you want a burger? <laughs> well, what, what kind of nutrition is in the burger? Is it going to actually be what you need? Or maybe you've just never tried ribs and you need to just try ribs. So that has always been a part of my dating coaching process. And I've always dug deeper on why, why do you feel this way about certain people. I have limited your dating pool and I'll do it not just about race, but about height, about how much money he makes. And I'll ask those questions. And it was surprising to me that there were a lot of other dating experts who just like took it at face value. Like, oh, okay. She only, she only wants to date black guys. Okay. That's fine. And that to me, 
anything that limits your dating pool on something that doesn't necessarily speak to the values or the goals of who the person is needs to be examined. I love that. What have you gathered with why people, is it just people come stay in their comfort zone? Is it they just, this is what they feel comfortable with? Yeah, it's a lot of things and, and it's, it's individual. The thing that I love about dating coaching as well is I get to really get in there and see what makes each individual that I work with tick. And sometimes it's about family dynamics. Like I have a client right now who is Indian and she has dated people that are not Indian before and she realized it really created a rift between her and her father. and her relationship with her father. She's an only child. She, they come from a traditional Indian background. They had an arranged marriage. And to, to, her, to her, that relationship is the most important thing. And she's realized that from other dating experiences. So with her, I'm not like forcing her. No, you have to date people outside of, uh, outside of the Indian background. She has done the work and figured out that for the values and for her family structure, that's what's going to work for her. So I'm just interested in people asking the questions and figuring out why, why do you have that attachment? Is, is it because you haven't posed to someone of another race? Is it because you have a bias? And look, we all have implicit bias. We are, we are born into a world where race has certain associations that may not be correct. And it's time that we started asking these questions of ourselves and examining these belief systems that we all have to try to figure out how we can untangle ourselves from them, I think especially looking for love. Because it's like, you know, we, we, there's so many limitations that people put on their dating pool. And then they're like, why can't I find love in today's world? Well, it's because your list is a, a hundred points long. Yeah. And I, I agree because marriage, yes, you have, I feel like you have to have the initial attraction and, and you have to have values that line up. But marriage is just so much more than that. It's, it's just, I've been married now for, I guess it's seven years. And I feel like just actually enjoying that person's company. And it's not just all about like, oh my gosh, I want to get thrown up against the wall and have passionate love and feel like all my prayers are answers. Like it's so much, it's so much more than that. Do you feel like people come to you with a completely completely skewed idea of what a marriage and romantic relationship is supposed to, that they want it to look like, that they want it to be like a fairy tale or like what if people come to you with their expectations? That's a really good question. I again, I think it's different for each situation, but I, I, most people come to me when they've just they've been out there, they feel like they've tried everything and none of it's worked, and the dating pool is just really thin. But really, when you look at it, I, I also wrote about race and dating in my LA Times column last week. And back in, not that long ago, 1932, there was this study that most people met and married someone that lived within five blocks of their wow. house. Wow. <laughs> that was your dating pool. <laughs> that was your dating pool a couple of generations ago. Yeah, your neighborhood. And now your dating pool has expanded to pretty much anybody in the world. And the only limitation on that 
is your own beliefs and, and desires, right? I feel like that creates a tremendous amount of opportunity, and especially for women, when, when you really consider how much choice we have in dating, we're in a much better position than we were a few generations ago when we only had a few guys to choose from or whomever our parents wanted us to be with. So I see it, I see it as like things have opened up and yet we are still sort of hanging on to this old idea of romance. I think that's the thing. It's not even marriage because most, most people that work with me, they're not even at the marriage point. They're just like, I just want to have a boyfriend that treats me well. <laughs> yeah. Um, or girlfriend. I do work with guys as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like uh, that the rom-coms and the fairy tales they do keep a lot of people single because we think it's supposed to go a certain way. And, you know, I know you've, it, it wasn't for your relationship. It wasn't just like, you know, like they say, the graph of, of work success and, and it's, if people think it's like a straight line to the top, but it's actually up and down and up and down oh, and yeah. up and down. I think relationships are the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've experienced that. I've experienced that. It's, they, they ebb and flow. And so what I really try to teach people to do is to just be in the moment and listen to the person across from you, a date or your partner, your husband, and try to be, try to understand before trying to be understood. And that changes everything. That's a good lesson for life in general, actually, not just dating. <laughs> actually, it, it, it really is. <laughs> and I'm learning it as I go along as well. But listening is really, really key in relationships. And, and relationship change, relationships change, like as they go through different phases, you know, having a child, like you've experienced that too, that changes the dynamic of a relationship. Going through a pandemic, that changes the dynamics of a relationship. And really strong relationships are ones that have flexibility and are able to ebb and flow together. So how have you and your husband weathered the pandemic with children? Oh, girl. <laughs> I will tell you that homeschool... Um, Distance learning was really hard, especially because um, I was working. I, I host two podcasts, so I'm re recording the whole time. And you actually kind of need quiet <laughs> to record a podcast, and children don't understand quiet. So that was a little bit of a challenge. But my husband also um, works from home. So we were really well set up even before the pandemic. I feel really fortunate because I have a studio at home, and I was able to just like keep going with my clients and my podcast and all that. But um, it was hard, certainly navigating all of the, the other responsibilities with kids. And it required daily check-ins. Like every single night we were like, how are you doing? <laughs> and we would communicate with each other about our plans for the next day and just our emotional state. Because again, that changed throughout the pandemic as well. And it really required a lot of being present and being in the moment and really relying on one another. I actually feel like it brought us together closer. I know for a lot of, a lot of uh, couples out there, it, it really illuminated the problems in their relationship and it pushed them apart. But like this is, this is really actually an opportunity. People laugh at me. <laughs> Like on my podcast, because I'm like, the pandemic is an opportunity. People are like, 
only you will like spin that positive. Like it's an opportunity, but I really think it is like it, it shined a light on all of the challenges in the relationship that, that you can work on. So I keep it positive. I love that. And I think a daily check-in is just a great idea in general, just to kind of run through like what was great about your day? What was hard about your day? How can we do better the next day? What a great way to end how what a great way to end your day just not to forget to check in with your spouse to see how they're doing because we get so busy sometimes it's easy to forget something so simple as just like asking how you're doing. That's so great. Yeah, and knowing each other as well as we do now. I can read when he's not having a good day. He, I don't need him to tell me. I can, I can sense it. So if you come to the table with some understanding and compassion, like I would say, I could tell today didn't go so great for you. What can I do to support you better tomorrow? You know, and sometimes he doesn't know. Like sometimes we don't even know what we need. And I think a lot of times, uh, particularly women, because we're used to talking so much and men, uh, aren't they they aren't conditioned to communicate in that way for the most part very chatty son so i think he'll be very different but a, a lot of guys like they haven't been taught to get in touch with their feelings in that way so sometimes it's a couple of conversations in before he realizes oh i think what was bothering me was this or i think is what didn't go well. You just have to stay at the table and stay in the conversation. Like maybe it's not all going to be resolved that day, but uh, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. So <laughs> we're going to keep go having this conversation. That's how I feel too. I'm like, listen, I can tell you exactly what's bothering me, the root of it, how I feel about it. And I can break it down for you probably in five minutes or less. Like I am so in tune to like how I feel, mm -hmm. why I feel that way, what set me off or whatever. With a guy, it's like, I'm, I'm always wondering, like, well, how don't you, like, why don't you just know? Like, I just know what's happening with me, and I am happy to tell you about it. Maybe because I've done so much work on myself all the time that it's almost exhausting. <laughs> that I'm like, I can identify <laughs> when I'm off so quickly and what was the trigger and why it happened. But I'm like, you, but you're, you're right. Sometimes we just have to have patience because maybe it's just not as, it's for the part for our partner they're just not as quick to identify why something made them feel a certain way or maybe it snowballed and it takes a minute to unravel it all and that's yeah and you're probably familiar like with the five love languages yeah like everyone shows love and receives receives love in different ways and that can create a lot of conflict when you you're like, I'm saying to them that I love them and I support them, but they're not feeling it because that's not, that's not the way they were conditioned to receive love as a child, right? Mm -hmm. And then attachment styles play into it. There's so much psychology behind it. And that's why I really advocate for patience and communication because that can really get you through, that can get you through a lot. But also like have compassion for yourself too in especially in a situation like this like like I started at the beginning of the pandemic I've always said you should have weekly weekly date night with your partner and I started like doing interviews at the beginning of the pandemic and I was like okay here's the five things that you need for your relationship and here's how you need to have make date night and here are 15 ideas of pandemic date nights and like three months in 
we were like, do you want to watch Netflix? Yeah, do you want to watch Netflix? No, nah, let's just go to sleep. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I had to... I had to let go of what, you know, my idea of what this was going to look like would be and just deal with the now. <laughs> this is what it is now. So what is your love language and what is your husband's love language? You know what's funny? We actually have the same three, which I, so I, I became aware of love languages like much further into our relationship. The book was written and that, it confirmed. I was like, why is it so much easier with him than it has been in past relationships? And I'd always tell clients, like, if there's too much friction, if it's too, it's, if it's volatile, it's probably not a fit and you're trying to force it. But with my husband, it was always like, oh, this is so easy. So we both, our top three are um, act service, like, that's huge for me. If, oh my God, if he does the dishes, oh my God. <laughs> and then quality time. Um, and then uh, physical touch. So like for me, words of affirmation, words are cheap. Don't give me words. Don't give me gifts. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I want you to show me that you love me. What about you? I want to know what your, your, your uh, love language is. Demona, we would probably have a hard time dating because I am so <laughs> hardcore words of affirmation. Like, I, I also do appreciate affirmation. And I just told you words are cheap. <laughs> no, my sister's the same way. She's, she's acts of service all day. She's like, don't sell. That is a cop out to just drop words. She's like, I need you to get in there and show me and like prove it with your acts of service. And I'm like, Listen, I will receive your acts of service all day long and be so thankful for them. But, like, if you come around and, like, shower me with some words, I'm, like, done. I'm great. I'm yours. I'm and your that's what's so great. Like, I, I, I love that, that you and I have different love languages and that we've taken the time to figure that out and know what makes ourselves tick. And then you can also communicate it to your partner. So this is where a lot of my clients get stuck when they realize – like, does your husband have the same love language? So he is uh, quality time and physical touch. And so for me, like, he, he totally is okay with, like, doing words of affirmation. But he's sort of like you. He's like, I'm not just going to, like, tell you something because you want me to tell you something. So we've kind of, like, reached this thing where I'm like, okay, every major milestone, just please write me a love letter. And so he will write me like a for my birthday or for like Mother's Day or for like some big moment. And I'm like, okay, that's really great because I know that's not his love language, but he will do that for me certain times just because he knows it's mine. And I'm like, that's really sweet. And then like his is quality time, which I'm, I think quality time is probably my number two. So that's great. I'm, we're easy. Like we love to hang out and spend a lot of time together. So his is kind of easy, and then physical touch, which, you know. You're getting plenty of it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I love that, that you've communicated it to him as well. And that's when you really see partner can show up for you, especially, like, knowing that it's not something that comes naturally to him, but he's doing it to give you what you need in the relationship. Yes. yes. That's beautiful. So I kind of want to read this story. Well, I, I do want to read this story. I want to read the story about you and your husband from the New York Times. Hold on. I got to go back to your... Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. I'm going to crawl under the table. <laughs> well, this is kind of a big deal because 
Uh, okay, so he says, when Seth, when your husband Seth started dating you in 2003, he didn't really understand love. He'd never been in a serious relationship before. His only reference points came from movies and TV shows. So he was saying after 10 months of dating, it was going well. Y'all fit together perfectly. But he just didn't know if he was feeling the feelings that he thought he should. So he had trouble saying the words, I love you. And you were, were you a dating coach when you started dating him? Oh. Oh, no, no. I was still a casting director. Okay. Okay. So you weren't I a didn't know any of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but finally, y'all, I guess 10 months in, y'all went on a weekend getaway. And this mm -hmm. was like a big moment. Okay. So kind of explain to me what happened in this moment and how y'all, how you dropped the love bomb. So it just felt, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are like, I've been at that point in the relationship. Like after 10 months, I thought, is this going anywhere? Am I doing something wrong? Should I be the one? Like, I don't, I'm a very assertive woman. <laughs> um, and I tend to attract a lot of other assertive women that want to like listen to my podcast. I didn't want to just force the relationship and like force it on him. But I also felt like because I knew he hadn't been in a serious relationship before. And now I've realized I hadn't been in a serious relationship either comparatively. Right. But I wanted to like kind of open, but I knew if I just straight up said it, that it might be uncomfortable for him. So I wrote it in a card speaking of words of affirmation, um, I wrote, I love you in a card. And then we made dinner and I put the card underneath the plate so that he would then read it and half it one way or another. So he read the card and said, I love you too. I guess you chill. So technically, I think he said it first. I don't know. I don't know who said it first. We still debated if it was written. Does it count? I don't know. But it made us realize, like, like he said, all been conditioned to expect that fairy tale, and you know, in the rom coms, it's like whiz bang, and then and then new and. My clients always ask me, like, how do I know if he's the one? How do I know if this is progressing? And I'm like, you can't fast forward. That's the problem. I can't tell you if this guy is the one three months into dating. There's no way that I can predict that. And I also don't believe that there is a the one. I don't believe in soulmates. I think you have a lot of possible soulmates. I can see so that. I think it's just more going through the process. You believe that too? Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, I think that... I think that there's probably several people out there that if you choose to make the commitment, you could have had a happy life with. Maybe some, maybe more, some more than others. But yeah, I mean, I think then the whole huge world, there's bound to be someone, a few people you're compatible with. And I think it's dangerous that people get get attached to this idea of the soulmate. Right. I think it keeps a lot of people single because kind of like what he was saying in that moment well, I don't know if I'm feeling what I'm supposed to be feeling. I don't know. Is she my soulmate? I don't know if there's the one. Is this the one or is this just a good relationship? So it kind of took a little bit of nurturing and just, you know, I, I hope a lot of my clients just kind of nudge things forward a little bit, get the conversation going. And then things really 
accelerated from, well, I would say they accelerated, but no, it took us four years to get married. So they inched along. <laughs> you know, it's a big yeah, deal. They just inched along very slowly until <laughs> I just beat them down into submission. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, it just evolved. We were young, you know, and it evolved slowly over time. And as I got to know him on a deeper level, like the more that I knew him, the more I fell in love with him. And now that we have kids and the relationship shifted, seeing him, who he is as a father, it's just amazing to me that the relationship could even continue to deepen from, I thought when we got married, I was like, this is the best day of my life. And this is the best guy I have ever met. And to think today that I love him more than I did that day, it just blows my mind. So I'm sure you get this question all the time. And I totally agree because I had met my husband when we were really young and it was like an instant chemistry connection. And we really like hit it off immediately and felt something we'd never felt before. But the timing was all off. We were young. We were still all confused about life just for ourselves and then trying to combine together it just was way too hard in the beginning. So we dated four years and then we broke up two years. And in that breakup, we both dated a lot of people and like we really, we were like busy dating. And I started to realize out there in the dating world that, oh my gosh, like so many people drive me nuts. Like to actually find someone that I want to be with and like spend time with and do life with and align with on so many different beliefs is really like special. And that's when it kind of dawned on me that this really is it because I love to be with him. We have chemistry. We have so many things in common and it just felt easy to be together. Like it wasn't hard to be together. Whereas like with other people, it was like hard to be with them. And I feel like, is that sort of one of the signs that it's just like easy to be with this person and you just enjoy it? And it's not like necessarily fireworks are going off all the time, but it's like, I just really like being with you. I think that is a sign. And again, that's that you, you couldn't have told that when you first met. That was something that as you were growing and evolving and meeting other people and then coming back there, that you started to discover like it's a constant discovery process but I think what you might be as- asking is like was it whiz bang the beginning when I first met him like fireworks no like I I didn't know it wasn't love at first sight um I was I was curious and this is what I'm always telling people to look for curiosity like at the end of the first date you don't know if you are going to marry him you don't need you just need to know, am I curious enough about him to see him another time? And then after the second date, the same thing. I have a three-date rule. Okay. If by the third date, you're not like, oh, what would it be like to kiss him? Or like, you know, you're not feeling some kind of butterflies, then it's probably a, more of a friendship. And that's, that's the thing with the dating process. There's so much discovery about yourself, about, you know, just other people. I have tons of clients that have met somebody that ended up being like a great business contact or, you know, a a neighbor that ended up helping them out with it. You know, you just never know. So I I try to have people go into the dating process curiosity stance and see what you can find out about yourself and about other another person. 
I I think that's I love that the three date rule and Bye. are you curious? Okay, so a couple of other questions that you I love that you, that's what I said like from the beginning you hit on the questions everyone wants to know about dating. The new normal. How do you find love in this time of COVID? Like, what? What about that? Like, what about these people who are single? Girl, how much time you got? Um, <laughs> it's um, it's challenging right now. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and I've had my program has been pretty much the same for you know at least a decade. The same system and I've seen it works time and time again on the same timeline my my coaching program it's three months 90% of the people who complete my coaching program end up in a relationship by the end Wow! and COVID is really just shaking yeah but COVID's shaking up the timeline and so a lot of people are coming to me now because they've been through this four or five months or whatever, however long we're in this, this um, isolation and really feeling like they're in a relationship and they want connection, but it's hard to do that digitally. And I think the floodgates are going to open as more states start to start to release restrictions. Like I think all of that pent up sexual frustration and energy is just going to come flooding out and people are just going to be like, okay, now we can date. So I think that's coming soon, but right now everybody's still a little bit cautious. So what I have, it's, it's, just, it's a modification of my originals anyway. It's like you connect online and then you have to move quickly from the online connection into the real world. And so right now the real world is just a video chat date instead of an IRL date. And I've helped a lot of people meet long distance. And so the system is the same that I would give to them. Set yourself up on, on a date that it really feels like a date. Not just like, hey, it's eight o'clock. Like, um, do you want to, do you want to video chat me? Ding, you know, call through the app. Like a lot of the apps now you can actually do a video chat date right through the app. You don't even have to move to another platform, but you wouldn't get yourself psyched up the same way for that kind of date as you would if you said Friday night at eight, we're both going to have sushi or we're going to do sip and paint night. Get yourself some paint brushes and a glass of wine yeah. and give yourself an activity if you can to take the pressure off. If it's just like, like a get to know you game or if it's Pictionary, something that lightens the mood so it doesn't feel like an interview. Yeah. And you can just see if there's a connection or chemistry and then you can decide, do you want to move it to like a distance hangout do you want to do you want to adapt but it's all different caroline it's all different right now Timons Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I love that though. Set it like a real date. Have matching dinners, have an activity See if, let the personality come out. That's really smart. I think that's great. I know, I'm like, how do people date in this time of COVID? Uh, I just, and then like all the moms out there being pregnant and having babies in the time of COVID, I'm like, what just a wild time to be in the middle of a new season. Yeah, completely. It's, it's, it's definitely challenging. And, you know, I don't want to downplay So like a lot of people are also dealing with loss and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I know several people who have gotten COVID and have had a heck of time recovering, um, you know, who've been sick for, for weeks and weeks and even some for months. So everybody's just having a different experience of this right now. And that's why I just keep coming back to like compassion and curiosity and being willing to hear another person's story because you just don't know what the other person has, has is bringing to the table um, in that moment. Right. And, you know, especially the thing that's so weird to me about the video chat dating, it's like you in a way, like it's, it's separated, right? It's not like you get the, in-person chemistry, but in a way it's almost more intimate because you're bringing somebody into your home basically, you know, and sometimes like there's, there's other factors that you can't control like children, for example, I'm hoping my daughter doesn't like barge in in the middle of this interview. I don't know, but if it happens, it'll be real. I'll tell you that. But it's, um, it's, it's very actually quite intimate, which is another reason that I want people to really set up that first date with intentionality because it's one problem that I see today. The speed of dating had really, really increased before COVID. And there's too much like just swipe, 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 like chat for a little bit, then move right to the date. And then people were showing up and like, I don't even know this person. This isn't a match. Now I'm stuck on this date or getting ghosted. And I think that was because we were moving too fast, right? And it does, like I was saying earlier, it takes time to really get to know someone and you have to go through that process. So what I was seeing is a lot of people sharing things that they wouldn't necessarily share on a first date. Um, People were texting stuff that they never would say (laughs) if they were actually meeting the person. And so that's, I just... I want you to be yourself. I want you to just show up authentically. But at the same time, consider 
that you are, it's, it's, it's happening in real life. Like, I think when you're just like sending it into like the cyber ether, it's like, is this, is this a real connection? I don't know. Is this even a real person? And you have to really let someone earn your information, like That's build that trust point. up and let them earn the information over Don't time. Don't just tell everything yeah. right away. So maybe actually a Zoom date first is really probably a good thing. Well, I've always suggested a phone call first. I think a phone call is a little bit less pressure, but I always had my clients since the beginning, I had them do basically a like a checkout filter, just like making sure, does this person seem how they are on their profile? Do I think I could carry on a conversation with them for an hour? And that was a step that I had people doing even after Tinder and, and the speed of dating increased. I slowed it down for a lot of people and they had a very different experience with the dates. Now, the only the thing that you're working up to is video chat date initially. So it's sort of added another step, but I found like I have a lot of daters in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. found like people in their 20s were very interested in the, the video chat date as opposed to the phone call, like phone call felt old fashioned. But then, you know, don't get a second chance to make that first impression. So once you put the video chat forward and the person's like in your home. Um, but I found like the in their 30s and 40s were much more open to doing the phone call and found that they really liked the phone call. Actually, everybody likes the phone call when they do it, but it's just the idea of doing it that is sometimes a hurdle depending on what you're, you know, it's all like the cultural, your cultural um, comfortability, right? Like if you aren't used to doing phone calls with people, it's going to feel weird at first. But this whole thing is weird. Dating is weird. Quarantine is weird. Let's let's just acknowledge that and then we can just move on, right? It's all weird. It's so weird. Dating is so weird and it's awkward and it's so, you got to do it. But I mean, it's the whole thing. It's just, oh God, it kind of gives me anxiety thinking about it again. Like the thoughts of like how I used to feel when I was dating. Because when you get on that date, you're like, oh my God, like, I don't like in eating. I always hated having to eat in front of people on a date. Like I always felt like I was just a horrible eater in front of people. I don't know why that used to make me feel so nervous. So like, I kind of like a, a date that was like an activity. Like you said, like how fun to do like a painting type thing and like do an activity. So you're not just like staring at each other, eat food. Yeah. Yeah. Dinner dates are boring anyway. And I totally feel you on how awkward that is to have someone watching you eat for the first time. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird, right? It's, it's weird. So I do like the activity dates and you know, it's funny. I actually on my dates and mates podcast, I had, I had a bartender once that was saying women and men prefer the dates in different ways. He would say like a woman would come in early and like have a meal she would order a burger at the bar and then like he comes and and she would order a salad and make him think that she's just this dainty little flower and guys would come in and they'd have like two or three beers before the date to loosen up and then they got to the date and then they have two or three more beers uh, that's another thing like the video chat dates i feel like people aren't aren't drinking as much before yeah. them and aren't relying on that and that, that i really encourage if you're dating for a relationship to just 
reduce the alcohol intake a little bit. I know we're all nervous and everything, but it, it makes it so that you can't really trust what you're feeling and you can't really be conscious of, right. of what what's happening on the date, right? So, um, I mean, there are lots of great dates that I had where I had several martinis, but in the end, work out. And I don't know that I really got to know that person. That's when you kind of fall into the vibe of chemistry and all, all that. So it's interesting with the video chat dates because um, it's, you, you can't, there's no risk that you're going get, to get hammered and end up, you know, doing the walk of shame. <laughs> I know. It's kind of, I kind of feel like this is a really good, um, something good that positive has come out of the quarantine dating is it actually probably helps with getting to know each other, not getting hammered, not being in your own safe space in your house, but yet you're getting to connect with this other person and yet you can like just log off anytime you want to. You can come up with an excuse at any time to leave and just be gone. You know, it's kind of like a great way to yeah. to venture into it. I mean, I'm kind of down for this actually. It is. Yeah, it is. If you have that mindset, I, I do hear from a lot of my listeners that at this point, they're feeling really isolated and it's not, you know, at the beginning it was sort of novel and new and now it's feeling like people are just fatigued and they're scared about connecting in person. And there's oh, this yeah. whole other element. Like I, I went on vacation last week and I was like, why can I not relax on vacation? Like I, I had this villa. I was like completely separated from, you know, I, I didn't have to see anybody if I didn't want to. And I was like, I think I'm just still just holding on that fear of like, it's out there. Right. And that is permeating dating now. So people are like, well, I want to connect. I want to meet someone but I'm also kind of scared. Like, how do I know for sure that they're safe? So we're kind of moving into a new phase of the quarantine dating of people just really like, they don't want to do the, they don't want to do like the online video chat again and again and again. I want to know that there's an actual opportunity that they're going to be able to meet offline safely and meet in person. So I think we're, it's going to be an ebb and flow. I think there's going to be a lot of, um, there will be a lot of enthusiasm as more states open up. And then as more fear creeps in, there'll be a traction and just going to be riding this wave for a little while. And the best that we can hope for right now is different kinds of connections and some self-discovery. I love that. And you're mentioning your uh, dates and mates. It's not mates and dates. It's dates and mates podcast, right? Dates and mates podcast. Yep. Mates eight, eight seasons. We just launched eight season seasons. eight. So I have some, some topics that you talked about on there that I think are amazing. And this one I think is super important to talk about too, because the, the, the culture that we're in right now, all of the, um, the injustices that have been, made aware as far as like black lives matter movement i think it is so amazing that this is happening in the world and we all need to take note of it you talk about how to navigate an interracial relationship during this racially charged time how what is your advice on that again communication communication and um you know trying to to understand one another like 
I mean, even my husband and I have, we've gone through different experiences of like me experiencing microaggressions that he was completely aware of as, as a white man. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a really challenging time, but I think that there's a, a lot of opportunity in being willing to have some of these conversations and not just like breezing over it. I agree. Um, I and totally saying agree. like, well, everything is fine. Like, it's realized. Yeah. I'm realizing like, oh, it's not been fine not for fine. a while. I thought it was fine. It is not fine. Not fine. It's not fine. Um, and I think, that, you know, the more that we can really be willing to be authentic and be willing to share, like I've even had conversa- I've had conversations with a lot of the black women who follow me about just being open to interracial dating. Like in the Washington Post article, I was saying that uh, I interviewed another dating expert and she said 50% of black women who listen to, uh, who, who she, who coached with her said that they were not open to interracial dating at the beginning of the process and then opened up to it. It's just, again, about like opening your pool and getting to understand one another and being curious and, you know, not judging someone for having to ask a question of why do you do this? Because really we all come from different cultures, essentially. Like you could be dating another person who's white and they have a completely different religious background. They could have different family, um, family dynamics. And we all come to the table with our own stuff, with our own beliefs. So like, this is how it was done in my house. This is the right way. And you've experienced this, you know, when you're blending a family and creating a new family, you get to write the rules the way that you want to. So um, I do encourage anyone listening, if they're curious about it, to just just be willing to try and just be open to um, what may come of it because it might surprise you. I've even had some conversations on the podcast recently about um, gender identity. And I'm seeing that there's a, a lot of people realizing sexuality, gender identity. There's a lot of shift happening in that space too where people who were... Um, you know, sort of othered, didn't feel safe, didn't feel comfortable really expressing who they truly were. So that's not my world. I'm not LGBT, but I, I talk about all of it and I'm open to people asking what is their truth and having that discovery for themselves. What's been one of the most um, fulfilling episodes in topics that you've talked about on your podcast? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. Oh, I've done so many episodes. Um, fulfilling? I, I actually, there's one that's stuck in my mind that's not necessarily fulfilling, but is fascinating. Okay. Can I tell you about that one? Yes. Okay, there's a guy who does um, refrigerator analysis for people in relationships. So he says that, yes, you can tell a lot about a person's lifestyle from what is in the refrigerator. So he actually had me and my production team all send him pictures of our refrigerators. Oh my goodness. It was scary how accurate it was like, okay, you're single because you have like, (laughs) you have three things in your refrigerator and, you know, and protein mix and whatever. Okay. Demona, you must be married. You have a gigantic gallon of milk. So you must be married and you must have kids. You have a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. And so you must lead a healthy lifestyle. You know, it was like, 
oh, you could tell so much. So next time for your listeners, next time they're dating, ask the person to send them a photo of their fridge and it'll tell you so much. That is so true. You know, my dad always said that in a different way. He was like, you can tell a lot about a person from what they have in their grocery buggy like in their grocery what are they putting in their cart in the grocery store and like now yep. that's i so that's so true like how how do you live your life it's a lot of it's based on what you eat and how you eat and what you think about <laughs> crazy maybe that's why so many people like have this fantasy of meeting in the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> you know on their aisle that matches their true beliefs of who they are <laughs> I mentioned the. It's a funny story. I um, this right after I had my daughter, I was in the frozen foods section, in the section. My my husband is vegetarian, so I was in like the vegan meat, you know, like the fake meat. And this guy walked up to me and like started talking to me, and I was like, I I'm sorry, I'm married. I'm just shopping for my husband. And he got really mad at me. And he was like, then why aren't you wearing a ring? It was after I had my baby. I was like, because it won't fit. But he really thought like he had found his soulmate. But that's a he thought he had found his soulmate because I was searching for vegan meat. You're like this. He's like, this is it. But you're like, dang, I'm married and I just have a baby and I'm getting picked up on the vegan meat aisle. I mean, killing it, Mona. Girl, still got it. Still got it. <laughs> But I was mad that my ring wouldn't fit. It's back on now. Oh, mine still goes through. <laughs> another kid later. Mine still goes through phases. Sometimes I, I know. And that's another thing for that's the thing for a lot of a lot of my listeners and clients that they um they also have this idea. And you know, a lot of us have put on the the COVID fifteen. <laughs> so it's feeling like, oh, I have to be this certain image to be dateable. And if I just lose 10 pounds, like then I'll be right. And that's another reason why I teach people to come from an authentic place and find someone who loves your authentic self, because I have been up and down that scale after two kids. I have been up and down that scale, a 30, 40 pound range. Yes. And my husband loved me through all of it. He always says he doesn't see it, which I'm like, Maybe we need to get his check, but, <laughs> but he's loved me through all of it and he doesn't judge me for it. And that's really what you need. So if you wait until you're in your prime, like prime bikini body and like then put up your pictures, you're always going to be chasing this idea of perfection to be able to like stay in that relationship or to attract someone that will like that. Yeah. And that's, I it's, totally just, it's an unfair standard to hold yourself to. Well, and as humans, and especially yeah. women. I wish I had known that. I know. I put so much emphasis I wish I had known that, body. like when I was younger, right? When I was younger, I used to put so yeah. much emphasis on body image to the point where I didn't enjoy life a lot of times because I was so worried about looking perfect to be liked, accepted, valued, whatever. And it's like now that I'm married with a kid and I have – friends and a community that love me for me. I'm like, God, what a, I wish I could have tell my younger self that like, what a waste of your energy, but it's so easy to get wrapped up in that physical idea of perfection. Yeah. And that's what society tells us is beautiful because that's what's being marketed to us. But, you know, as I said, I work with a lot of men as well and that's not what they're looking for. Like they might say, 
healthy or active, I, a lot of, a lot of the guys that I work with, like, you know, they, they want someone they can go hiking with or something, but, um, it doesn't, they, they never say to me like, um, stick thin, <laughs> 10 pounds under normal, under average, like that's never, that doesn't even, they, they don't see it in the same way. And yet we put that pressure on ourselves because we see it on TV and in magazines and think that that's, and in Instagram, when it's like not even real and think that that's the ideal we have to, to live up to. But I, authenticity is everything. And like just at the beginning, you were saying what needs to go in that dating profile. I actually have people, I encourage people to use, I call it the three C's, color, context, and character. Just psychology. If you use color, you'll get them to stop and pay attention. Context is telling your life story through your photos. And character is really showing your personality. And that's what a lot of people miss. They do all of the beautiful glamour shots that, you know, the edited perfect lighting, all of that. But I find that more of my clients make connections when they post something real, when they post something goofy, when they post something nerdy that really shows who they are and what makes them the perfect match for the person looking at the profile, as opposed to being like trying to be the perfect match for everybody or the perfect ideal of what is beautiful. Nobody's interested in that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what gets overlooked the most. So you brought up a really great point. You work with a lot of men and they don't care about perfect body, 10 pounds underweight, all that. What do you feel like most men are looking for? I find that most men just really want to be loved. Like they want someone who's flexible and who is caring. Um, I think one of the biggest things, I, I don't know if you've been watching the show Indian Matchmaking, but there's oh. one character on it. Who, her list is a million miles long. Have you seen it? No, I want to. Oh, you should see it. It's on Netflix. Um, but yeah, one of the characters has this super long list and she, I'm sure they produced it to be a little bit more negative. You know, I've worked on a lot of reality shows as well, but she's super negative. Like she's like, oh, the person, like I didn't hate them. And that's her bar. Uh, like if I did hate them, I'll go out with them again. And it's just such a negative, negative mindset. And I was really seeing this seeping into society more and more and more. And that negativity is so unattractive to guys. And if you can adopt the more of the curiosity and the authenticity, that will help you make a match a lot quicker. I mean, there isn't like any one thing that guys are looking for, but I know that this ideal of what we think is the perfect woman's body type, for most men, I don't even see it in that way. Um, I do see a trend more to guys that want to be they want a woman who has her own stuff, her own thing going on, not a woman who is so career focused that her life doesn't seem like it has space for him, but a woman that is bringing something to the table. And again, this is shifting. Like even in the, the 15 years that I've been doing this, I've seen this shift. But a couple generations ago, that wasn't what guys were looking for. They were looking for a nice wife and a mom to cook for their kids and keep the house clean and so they could go to work and know the house is being taken care of. That is just not the world that we live in right now. Like men are, most men I find are looking for partnership and somebody that brings something interesting to the table and that makes them feel good. They just want to feel good about themselves as well, just like we do. I totally agree. And I have kind of realized this with um, 
just being married now and having a bunch of girlfriends, like I feel like women have the ability to seek comfort in their girlfriends more than men do. Because like I can go talk to my girlfriends yeah. about something going on with me and get really heartfelt advice and we're, we're willing to share with each other. Like even this podcast, like you and I talking, like we're willing to talk about super vulnerable stuff and share and that's like not a big deal for me to do that. I feel like men, on the other hand, they're not quite as willing to be so vulnerable with just uh, with just their friends or whatever. And so really that their woman in their life is kind of that safe place for them to be vulnerable and share. And so it would make a lot of sense that they want a kind-hearted, nurturing woman. Like that would be something they're really looking for because that's kind of their one place to have that landing. Yeah, you sound like the, the love expert now. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out. Yeah, you're exactly right. And even especially with um, physical touch as well, men are so starved for physical uh, phys physical connection. And COVID aside, women are conditioned from a young age. Like, you know, we hug our girlfriends. <laughs> Sometimes we kiss our girlfriends. We hold hands. We, we, we touch one another. Guys go to the movies. They sit three seats apart just so their knees don't accidentally possibly brush one another. Right. <laughs> and so there's, there's like this, there's this yearning or physical affection that doesn't really get met in men because it's not part of our society. And I look at my little boy and I see how how physical he is and how much loving and cuddling. Like he's much more cuddly than my daughter ever was. And to you know, I really think about how as he gets older, people are going to tell him like, "Well, that's not cool. <laughs> you can't dance and move your body like that." You know, like that's that's not cool. You can't you can't you can't like like he'll hold hands with his buddies and like you know, wrestle with them, but it's like that kinetic energy that he really craves. And I really get sad thinking about as he gets older, that's going to be taken away from him. And he's going to need a relationship to be able to fill that gap. But we don't, we get that need met so often. So um, it's an interesting time for just gender identity and, and, um, you know, and I don't say that in terms of like gender transition, just in terms of like what it means to be a man and what it means right. to be a woman. And I think a lot of our role in flux right now. And this is why you will never hear me say like some dating experts, like you have to be more feminine and that right. get into your feminine energy and that's going to attract a man. And I just, I think maybe that worked 20 years ago or, or longer, but I just don't think that's the world that we're in now. I think it's more finding a match. Like I have a lot of masculine energy. My husband has some feminine energy. We just fit together because we're in a partnership and we ebb and flow together. Absolutely. And maybe by the time our children are growing up, maybe the world will have expanded even more and the, the gender roles might be lessened, you know, like maybe it will be more accepted for guys to be more huggy. You know, maybe that'll be, maybe the world will keep moving in that way, you know? Yes. And I hope more women can make, um, make closer to the same amount of money as men so that they can be the breadwinners of the family. But I'm seeing a shift in that too. Like there's a lot of men that are stay at home dads and that are comfortable in that role. And I think that's great. I think 
that's great. You don't have to design the life that you want, you know? And with women having big careers, like, I think that that's so wonderful. And maybe eventually it won't even be a big deal. You know, it's just like this woman has a badass career. Her husband, it makes sense for him to stay home and it's not even a big deal. Like, wouldn't that be wonderful if it just doesn't have to be, even be, like, discussed <laughs> as an issue? Yes, that's what I'm hoping for. And that was something, like, just going back to getting clarity on who you are and what you're looking for. Like, I was... I was moving up the chain as a TV executive and my goal was I'm going to be a vice president and I would like to meet a man who's okay porting my goal, my professional goals and who is going to be very hands-on with the kids because I know I'm going to be working and that was always part of my design. Like people, you know, now my husband's a very successful TV writer when we started dating, honey, he didn't have two, two nickels to rub together. I saw who he was and I saw his heart and that he fit into the life that I wanted to build. Yes, yes. And yes. fortunately, he's gotten more successful, which is great. But it, even if he hadn't, I wouldn't have been like, like I've seen a lot of women that like cut down on their friends because they're like, well, I'm making more money. Why don't you, why don't you do anything? You know, it's like if, if that's the dynamic in your relationship and you make enough, then that's an, that should be enough. If you have what you need, if your children are taken care of, if, if your, your job is getting done, why push ourselves into this goal of like, we have to have it all. And you know, we have to have a guy who's making X amount of money and we have to be making X amount of money. Like, uh, I, I will always say to a client, like, well, who's taking care of the kids? Like, are you okay with nanny raising your children 100%? Because that, that's the lifestyle that you're setting up. And if that's not the lifestyle that you want, let's rework this. And I do a lot of visualization. Um, I actually did this whole visualization series on dates and mates recently to help people really get clear on like what who is that partner that you are and let's let's release the fairy tales and forget about the rom-coms and really figure out what's the story that we want to tell for ourselves yes i love that and i totally agree like if all your needs are met if you are emotionally fulfilled if your kids are taken care of if you have a happy relationship with your spouse why make a problem when you don't have a problem like if everything is working why make a problem just because you have some false idea of how things are supposed to be? And you will make a problem. <laughs> you will definitely make a problem. Because men, like, it's hard enough for a man to feel in this society like he's not earning enough or he's not. Actually, it was another couple on Indian matchmaking. Like, the guy is a teacher and he's really happy in his career. And the woman was like, I'm just really career focused and I'm looking for someone who's really career focused. Why are you assuming because he's a teacher, he's not career focused. He just is focused on a career that doesn't make him the same amount of money as yours, but he loves it. Like, and I'm sure you could just read it on his face. Like the guy just felt like crap because, you know, his, his whole existence is people telling him that you're not going to be worth enough because you're not making enough money. You know, you're not doing something that's worthwhile. So you're not going to be you're not going to be attractive to it. You're putting the emphasis like on all the wrong things. He's impacting so many students with teaching. I mean, it's a, like money is not the only yeah. defining factor. And I think that 
it's so easy for people to get lost in that, but you're so right. Fulfillment, purpose, like how are you contributing to the world? Like that's a, it's just, it's so much more than what are you bringing home monetarily? Yeah. And then just to go back to the very negative woman, she was a lawyer. She, and she keeps talking about how she's been a lawyer for 10 years, but she can't, she has been figuring out how not to be a lawyer for 10 years and she hates her job. And that's the thing that I find for a lot of type A women I work with, they get, they keep putting in time and effort into the thing that's giving them a return. So if that's your job, you like, okay, I get compensated monetarily for this job when I show up, or I get accolades at work and people tell me that I'm really smart or I feel really successful. So I'm going to dive more into that. But then the skills that you need and the time that you need to develop your dating life starts to wane and starts to atrophy. And I really look at dating as a learned skill. I look at flirting as a learned skill. So if you're always practicing being in the boardroom and being a boss lady and, you know, saying what's on your mind and having a sharp tongue and whatever, you know, then you're not practicing the skills that are going to make you successful on the date, like listening, wow. right? And being, being in, a, in, a, in acceptance. So there's a difference between like, again, and letting that be, be what's attractive and like just getting in a dating space and showing up the way you would on a date and having the time for that. So for a lot of people, I just have to put like the boundaries in and put the focus on their love life because you'll keep putting the time into the thing that's giving you money or attention or accolades as long as that's paying out. But then you might wake up one day and realize I have been married to my career, but actually wanted to be married to another person. And then you'll have to unravel that and create that space and those boundaries for yourself. It is a skill set. You're so right. Flirting and dating is a skill set. And it's totally different than being a boss who's just like black, black and white, black and white, like order and all that, like running a business. It's, it is such a skill set. Wow, that's a really great point. Okay, so Demona, I could literally talk to you all day, but I know you have probably Thanks. tons of other things to do. I want to just like sit, tell people where they can go get all this advice from you. Like where are your outlets? Because everyone needs to listen to you because you are just overflowing with knowledge. Thank you. So uh, I have my weekly podcast, Dates and Mates. And I also have a lot of goodies and episodes at datesandmates.com. So like if you're stuck with your dating profile and you're like, I don't know what to say, I have a profile starter kit and you can get all that at datesandmates.com. It's like plug and play templates and tips on your photos. And then you could have a new dating profile and be off to your video chat dates <laughs> in no time. And then I also have a seven day relationship boot camp there for anyone that's in a relationship that really wants to take it a step deeper then the relationship boot camp is there for you. All of that's at datesandmates.com. And then Mona Hoffman, at Demona Hoffman on all the socials. So I love to connect. And we do Q&A as well on Dates and Mates. So if anyone has any burning questions that are like, this is specific to me and I want to talk to Mona about it, just like DM me, hit me up and let me know your question and then I can answer it on a future episode. And 
Demona, you offer so much wisdom and dating advice, and I can't wait to keep diving into all your podcasts too because it's just so interesting, and you're so thoughtful, and you have such great answers. And so, everyone, especially if you're in the dating Thank world, you. go check out Demona Hoffman. And I always leave my interviews with "Leave Your Light." What do you want people to know? If you are your authentic self, you will receive authentic love. Amen. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate you. There you go. You got to be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Amen to that. Right? Thank you so much for yes. sharing. Thank your you, heart Caroline. With me. This I is so awesome. You are a badass and so amazing. I feel like we're just chilling in your, in your living room. This is awesome. No, I have my blanket and everything. <laughs> I know, I know. I want to get cozy. We could just hang, you know, hang, relax, chill out. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you, Demona. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.